welcome to the Giving Voice to Depression podcast, produced in partnership with the A.B. Corcor Foundation for Mental Health. I'm Terry, the creator and co-host of this podcast. I've lived with depression most of my life, and I know how easy it can be to feel all alone in the experience. I'm not alone, and you aren't either. And I'm Dr. Anita Sands, a licensed clinical psychologist and life coach with a number of my own diagnoses, all of which bring a certain amount of anxiety and depression along with them. There is great power in shared experiences. We share our own as we engage in intimate and candid conversations with our weekly guests, exploring different perspectives on and experiences with depression. We keep it real because depression is real. We keep it hopeful because there truly is hope in spite of what depression tells you. Hi, Terry. Hello, Anita. This is our last episode of 2022, and we want to start it with a thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for trusting us. And thank you for accessing the shared stories and peer support our guests offer as a way of supporting yourself and your mental health. It is, in a word, an honor to produce this podcast. We are so glad that we didn't listen to all the people who told us nobody would want to talk about or listen to someone talking about depression, of all things. And yet, here we are, together in this. And you know what? It's not just us. The very episode you're hearing right now is being streamed in more than 50 countries Our 300-plus episodes have been played nearly a million times, and that in and of itself is proof and validation that we are not alone with our depression. As we looked back on this year, it hit us just what a wild ride 2022 really was. (laughs) The whys are as varied as we are, but 2022 really packed a punch. So we decided to go back and pull snippets from a couple of the episodes that helped and stuck with us as we managed our own lives and mental health. Bridget, who was my co-host for the first half of this year, is also joining us for this year in review. Hello, Bridget. Hello. Welcome back. Thank you. Okay, so here we are. Who wants to start? I do, I do. (laughs) I chose episode number 200, Okay is Different for Everyone, with Tara. I chose it because of her honesty and her description and her willingness to share with all of us her spectrum of okay days and not okay days. The first thing I do that I've learned to do is forgive myself. A lot of days, that's not easy. You know, like I said, there are days when I feel like uh, I am just not living my best life and I could do better. But in reality, I'm doing the best I can, whatever that looks like that day. Um, I've, I've learned to be gentle with myself. I've learned that depression lies. It tells you what you don't want to hear. It tells you what you think you should believe, but isn't the truth. It is not the truth. It's not the truth. I so appreciate that she's allowing us to each own our own ever fluctuating spectrum of okay. There's a permission to this episode, and that's why I chose it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
a second clip that I picked. Um, actually, I could have picked anything from this episode because it so drives home the need for grace. Um, to me, that means kindness and respect for ourselves and for others. If I could have people understand anything about depression, anxiety, the need for mental health, behavioral health, um, medicine or therapy, is that there is no shame in it. I don't expect everybody to understand what it's like to be depressed or for any everybody to understand what to do in that moment when somebody says they're depressed. I think it's important to take the time to ask them what it's like for them. What does depression look like for them? What are you, what do they need? What can you do to help? And for a lot of people in those moments of depression and anxiety, it can simply be sit with me. Sit with me so I'm not alone. Right? It's such a basic need. It is. Yeah, Tara made that point that it was, you know, sitting with me, you didn't have to understand, you didn't have to have the perfect thing to say, you didn't have to know what being depressed feels like or her version of depression that day. Just be there. Just let me know I'm not alone. Just let me know you accept me as I am right now. Who can ask for more? Bridget, I really loved um, Tara's episode and both of those snippets. They're really good. Just sitting with someone so not adjust, right? I mean, it's just enormous. Being seen, not being alone, being accepted, being loved, being heard, being, you know, being able to be real in the presence of someone else is to me a sacred thing. So another favorite guest from last year, uh, in addition to Tara, was Patty. And Anita, you picked one of her episodes. I did. I loved Patty. I loved this episode, Challenging Our Dark Thoughts, partly because Patty is 68 years young and really just sort of proves this point that um, you're never too old to learn something that could actually become a game changer in the way that you manage your depression. And I just, I love, I love how she shared that with us in this episode. And in this snippet, Patty, Patty shows us how she goes from negative automatic thinking to challenging her depressive thoughts in a very clear way. The first thing I think, well, see, they didn't want to have lunch with me. You know, I'm not good enough for go lunch with these. Like, they just, they don't like me. They, like, I just go negative, major negative. I was, like, almost cursing them, saying, that's it. We're not friends. You don't care about me. That is her auto-thought, and it produces deep and dark feelings that lead to behaviors. I did go to bed that day. I just said to Mark, you know, I'm done. Like, he doesn't get supper. That's my husband. Um, I'm gone. You know, nobody cares about me. I don't care about anybody. I'm gone. And then I go into my my deep depression. So without challenging it, it goes from, I was going to have lunch. She canceled. Nobody likes me. I like nobody. I'm going to bed. That's the, that's the unchallenged uh, route. Right. So... When you challenge it and you go through what you've learned from CBT, tell me how in that example it's different. To challenge that, I went, okay, I do 
people care about me and then I started listing who does and then that list became like seven, eight, nine, ten, and it was like twelve or thirteen people on there. And I was like, Okay, well then that's not true because people do care about me. Right? And then from there I just everything that was negative I had to question it and you take your what I call a hot thought and break it into your feeling. I re- write that down and then that totally makes me feel better and I don't want to go and hide. That's a real turnaround. Yeah, we, t- we talk about so much how depression lies. And so here, if depression lies to us, what Patty is, is just letting us know is you have to challenge it. You have to challenge everything it's trying to, to tell you. It was a really good example. It's like a muscle, you know, I mean, you have to practice it and keep it alive and keep it strong. That that noticing that that negativity is popping up and then challenging it is a lifelong skill mm-hmm. and a life changing skill. So another important lesson that I feel like Patty shared with us that she learned through, you know, many, many years was that you have to use your tools and your toolkit at the first sign of a possible relapse and for patty it was if uh you know if she wasn't sleeping well for two to three days you know might be different for everyone but trying to commit to figuring out what's your first your first sign is really really helpful another skill right learning to notice when it's coming up one of the things you have to learn about yourself is when you feel the signs, then what do I do? I start breathing. I go into meditation. I, you know, I go through my my toolbox and I pull out everything I can use to get me through that moment. And that sleep is important for all of us. Boy, I second that. But Patty was sharing about the fact that she has bipolar disorder and it's my understanding and you would know more about it Anita but sleep can be especially important in that situation yes yes absolutely but once you've lived with any any chronic condition for long enough you know if you commit to trying to look look for patterns look for those trends look for those first signs um, your your tools will work better if you can use them as as quickly as possible instead of letting something kind of snowball and trying to stop an avalanche. Exactly. That's the perfect segue into the episode I picked, which is number 188, when you realize you've had depression your whole life, because this is the opposite of that. This is before you know mm-hmm. that what you have is not just who you are. It's literally something you have. You don't even recognize symptoms as symptoms mm-hmm. because it hasn't been named yet. You know, here I am decades and decades later, when I finally realize what I've been struggling with then I thought back I that that memory came back to me instantaneously of me being in my bedroom my parents coming and open the door and saying what's wrong with you I thought I think it's depression guys (laughs) you know I think I I think I suffer from depression I think I have self-esteem issues and I think I think I need some help you know (laughs) no little kid could say that No, they can't. They can't. Many adults can't say that. Mm. I love that episode with John. Boy, it's like laser wisdom. (laughs) Yeah, he really did distill. You can tell he's put a lot of time into thinking about it now that he, in fact, has named it. And, and this is not a patting ourselves on the back, this is a power of shared stories. He really gives a lot of credit to giving voice for that. 
because it's when he started hearing other people sharing stories that were just an awful lot like his that he started to really understand what it was that he's been living with and how it's affected his life. Mm-hmm. Well, it does thin or pull back the curtain, yeah. right? You sort of see it instead of just sort of being what uh, disempowered, engulfed, suffocated by it. You know, it's not attached to you. You're seeing it from that little bit of distance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, I think when you're just trying to survive, you don't really get a chance to look back and, and see what you're trying to survive. You're just in survival mode. You're just putting one foot in front of the other. You can't look up and look around and look backwards and forwards. So, yeah, it's very disempowering and exhausting and exhausting. So this second snippet from John is him describing how understanding it a little better has helped him. I can tell you that I, I, as soon as I was able to do that, as soon as I was able to take ownership of it and really recognize that that was so, that was such a, an integral part of my experience as a person that, um, I really felt like the door opened. I really felt like, what's that Leonard Cohen song? Um, everything is broken. That's where the light gets in. Yeah. That sort of thing. When I recognized, when I really understood my brokenness, when I really understood that I was struggling with this, um, that's really when I felt hope again. Isn't that interesting? Because so many people think that like they fear being diagnosed because then you have a mental illness diagnosis. But having the name for it can actually be a pivot toward hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you know if you know your enemy, you can fight it a little bit more easily. So hmm. I just feel like so many of these episodes are about being able to know more, understand more, and that and how helpful that is. It all reminds me, Terry, of the beautiful art that you make with your mosaics. You know, it's like all this broken colored glass that mm-hmm. you're taking and repurposing and reusing and um, turning it into something that's light and lovely and adding value. You know, I just, it's a great metaphor. Hmm. Interesting. It's one of the things I think of when I do it. I think, and I think of the need to pick up all those broken pieces. Um, I'm working with glass um, and, and trying to cut yourself as little as possible in the process while you create something from what was perceived as just a mess and maybe even a worthless mess because it was just a bunch of broken stuff. So, yeah. And you even break some of the pieces more oh, to make them work, do. you know, to make it fit in. Yep. Yeah. Interesting. So next week, the three of us have looked at three more episodes and have got some snippets of, of guests and their stories that impacted us. We hope that you'll join us. And it's important to realize that the vast majority of our guests live with depression. And we'd like to invite you to take this opportunity to acknowledge them making the effort to shine some light into the oh-so-familiar darkness, because it truly is an act of courage to step forward. So we'd like to invite you to go to our website, givingvoicetodepression.com, and look for the record button where you can leave a message. You can leave a message for us or for any guest. If we get enough messages, who knows? Maybe we'll even make an episode from the recordings. Please reach out and connect with us. You can do it anonymously or you can leave a first name. We 
truly hope that our podcast brings a little more understanding, helps you better articulate and reflect on your own experience with depression, or better understand how to support someone else who is struggling. If this episode has been of comfort or value to you, know that there are hundreds of others like it in our archive, which you can easily find at our website, givingvoicetodepression.com. And remember, if you're struggling, speak up, even if it's hard. If someone else is struggling, take the time to listen.